Welcome Atlassians to our first chapter on talking about ourselves, our thoughts, and our mindset when it comes to being parent. This first chapter is dedicated to talking about just parenting and us as individuals. We're joined again by the world-renowned Dr. Becky Kennedy. So much for joining us, Becky. Um, I would love to start kind of high level with just relating mindset, mental health, and being a parent, which I know is probably incredibly complex and we could speak on this for hours. Um, but I'd love to hear from you, just from your extensive experience, what are some of the most common mindset challenges that you see parents facing today? Um, and what's your advice for, for how parents can start to navigate well, first of all, I think it's such a great question to start with. Our mindset has a massive impact on our mental health and the way we approach parenting. You know, the way I think about mindset is, right, it's the kind of beliefs that shape how we make sense of the world. And more concretely, I think about it as the glasses we wear to interpret everything in front of us. So I think we all know, yes, there's real events, and then the glasses impact what they look like to us. Mindset dictates how we interpret our kids' behavior, and then how we interpret our kids' behavior dictates how we intervene. So all the time, parents will say to me, okay, teach me your best strategies for when my kid's tantruming. I know I'm reactive when my kid whines, but tell me what I should do. And what I often say back is, listen, I can, I can talk strategies forever. I love a good strategy, and I love a good script, but we only pull from the bucket of strategies based on the mindset we're in. We can't access strategies in one mindset bucket if we're in a different mindset bucket. So learning about your own mindset is way more important than learning strategy after strategy that you'll never be able to access because the set of glasses you're wearing shapes how you interpret what's happening. So here's a good example. My kid just hit her younger brother. Here's one set of glasses or one mindset. I've told her so many times not to hit. She's so disrespectful. She's so cold-hearted. I've seen her use her words with friends. Why is she hitting her brother? Okay, so that's my mindset. What am I going to do and feel? Well, I feel frustrated. I feel disrespected. The only thing anybody can do when they have that mindset is punish, time out, and actually, ironically, make your kid feel more like a bad kid and prevent your child from learning the skill they need to have a different behavior in the first place. Now, here's a different mindset. She must be so overwhelmed by some feeling coming up with her brother, and she must not be able to manage that feeling. She doesn't have the skills to manage that feeling yet, and so she's not really deciding to hit as much as the hit is the manifestation of her inability to regulate that feeling. Wow, I need to stop that aggressive situation, and probably when things are calmer, I need to think about what feeling is so hard and practice skills. Okay. Totally different. Now I see my kid as a good kid. Now I'm going to embody my authority and probably say, I'm not going to let you hit. You're a good kid having a hard time. We'll figure this out together. And then maybe when things are calm, I'll go back and do that skill building. Plus, I don't feel like a bad parent. I feel really good about my intervention. And so again, we're at that idea where the mindset we have really dictates what comes next and it dictates how we feel about what comes next. Yeah. I love that you really kind of highlight um, a piece that I think often goes overlooked because we're so in the moment and triggered and, and overwhelmed, right? That 
it's just reaction and you really pull out the importance of not only seeking to understand our children's experience, but also seeking to understand our experience and what our mindset is, knowing that it's not all one or the other, but it's really a blend of that reality. Um, yeah. Knowing that many of our, our parents will probably say, okay, that's really helpful, but how do I actually put that into action when my blood is boiling and I'm completely dysregulated? Do you have any kind of in the moment tricks for that or maybe even practices to take on before we hit those um, triggering moments when we're right there? I think you're onto something exactly right, that we can't expect ourselves to develop some new skill ourselves in the heat of the moment, right? Nobody makes a foul shot for the first time when the game is on the line going into overtime. Like that's not a setup for success. So I think the first question actually I'd ask myself, which by the way, I do ask myself because just because I can speak about these things doesn't mean I always do them in my own parenting, right? Is I say, okay, well, I know I love my kid. I know I don't want to yell at my kid. So I wonder where I learned to react to someone's struggle with more judgment than curiosity. And I know often a parent will say, are you going to tell me it's all my parents' fault from my childhood? And I say, no, it's never a parent's fault, but the way we were parented imprints on us and forms the blueprint for how we react to our kids unless we work hard at shifting that, right? And so that's important to think about. If I would have hit my sibling, how would my parents have responded, right? And then I think we actually can do work outside the moment. Like I'd say to every parent right now, maybe right now or later, actually visualize a situation that you know you're triggered in. So many of us, we know what we're triggered in, and then we want to do this. Oh, I hope, I don't want to, I don't want to go there. We have to kind of do this. We have to embrace it if we want to create a different circuit. Think about that situation. Imagine yourself getting really frustrated. Start by validating your own feeling. Of course, this is frustrating. Right now, I'm trying to break a cycle. I'm trying to do something new that was probably very different from how I would have been responded to. Okay, that's hard. And then watch yourself in this imagery respond differently. This is not a one-to-one ratio. It's not like, oh, do that once and watch everything about your parenting life will change, right? We're realists here, but that's a start. Fantastic. Um, So as we're on this theme of parenting and the self, I'm talking through one first step of our own self-awareness and self-understanding in our parenting. Um, I also want to shift to spend a little bit of time on talking about self prioritization and although it's become such a buzzy term self-care to a certain extent too um where i think any of us as parents often feel like when we become parents especially in the early years that you just kind of lose yourself and your ability to even prioritize yourself because you're just in survival mode it feels like for a lot of the time to take care of everything around you um what are your thoughts, your words of advice on moving through this constant challenge of prioritizing and caring for your children and your family while also balancing, prioritizing yourself and taking care of yourself? Such an important topic. So yes, this is one of the things I feel the most passionate about a kind of changing the narrative on. Like this narrative of selfless parenting, to me, it's number one, not possible, right? We all know that this just hasn't worked for anyone for like 
generations, but also from a child development standpoint, perhaps the most terrifying thing for a kid is to have a selfless parent. Like uh, that's a parent without a self. I'm sure every Atlassian here is like, you know what I want in the CEO of Atlassian? I hope he has no self. I hope she, you know, like just like get swayed by the wind by what everyone says. Like, I can't imagine anyone would say that. You want someone who can connect to others and give to others, but also knows how to set boundaries for themselves. That's what inspires confidence. That's what allows someone else to feel like, wow, maybe I can develop relationships where I can be true to myself and assert myself and care about others where I don't have to choose one of or the other where two things can be true. So let's rally around that. Now, how you put that into practice, as always, a little trickier. So number one, we do have to kind of ask ourselves, where did I learn this model? Like, where did I learn that caring for other people had to come at the expense of caring for myself? And that's actually important to actually reflect on and kind of start to answer for yourselves. The other thing I think we have to ask ourselves is what is it like for me to prioritize my own needs while knowing they inconvenience someone else? A lot of parents, we wait for this magical moment that never happen. I am going to take that walk by myself and my kids are going to be happy staying with my partner. I am going to go out for that dinner with my girlfriends on the same night that my kids are doing this and everyone's occupied. We're looking to avoid someone's distress versus I'm going to take that walk by myself and my kids might protest. I know they're safe. They don't have to like it and I'm going to do it. I'm going to go out for that dinner even if my partner does feel annoyed. I need my partner's cooperation, not my partner's approval. That's a liberating thought, right? And when we approach self-care in that way, we realize that we can't wait for the moment when everyone else when when everyone else gives us an okay, and we also can't wait for the moment when we don't have guilt, because that guilt is actually usually a sign that you're doing something new. And we almost need to embrace that feeling. So I am going for that walk. And I'm going to say hi to the guilt. Hi, guilt, you're allowed to be with me. And the more often I do things like this, the more I'll learn that I don't have to be so scared of you. So I think that's a really empowering idea. I can do one thing for myself. And I can expect the guilt. I can expect distress because that's new rather than kind of waiting for the moment that never comes where kind of all these stars align. Wow. I so appreciate how you illustrate, I think, something that just goes so overlooked for us as parents, probably with a lot of us having grown up with the parenting style that you mentioned, right, of generations past, of martyrdom and selflessness, which ended up getting bottled up and and maybe um, exploded as guilt tripping or um, boundary betrayal or, or stuff like that. And you, you make this point that I, I want to highlight, right? That we as parents, if we aren't taking care of ourselves, we're modeling that for our children. Because um, for a lot of us, that was modeled for us. And it's so important to understand where we might have learned that so we can so that we can kind of make that generation shift, make sure we're teaching our kids and it's important for them to tune into their needs and take care of themselves, even if sometimes it comes around. What an important, important point. Um, so continuing down kind of the road of, of action and um, real life that I know you focus so much of your work on, um, let's talk about when we as parents 
feel completely overwhelmed. Um, like we're behind on everything. Like we are listening to this talk even right now and very much recognize and validate its importance. But we're like, oh my God, I have so many other things that I am not doing. I don't even know where to start. This feels like this other item on my list that I might never get to. Um, what are your words of advice to parents who have no clue where to start some of the change? Um, how do we start small? How do we start with someone? So my first words are just like right there with you. Like I mean that. If my husband was here, what he would say is he's he would say, I often want to tag Becky's personal account on her Instagram account because I always want to be like, Becky, you'd really like this Dr. Becky. Like she has advice that would like be really good for you for your hard moment. So it's really true, right? I think one of the reasons, the main reason I'm so drawn to this work is because I struggle with these things too, right? And when parents say, it's crazy, it's like you have a camera inside my house. I always think it's funny that that's what parents think versus, or maybe Dr. Becky's house is just like my house and her kids are also screaming and having tantrums, right? So that's what's happening in my house. So I think there's something to just validating, like parenting is hard. Or I often like to say, parenting feels hard because it is hard, not because I'm doing something wrong. So many of us learn to to kind of wire a struggle next to self-blame. So we can't get to the list of things we want to do. And it feels overwhelming probably because we also are telling ourselves something's wrong with me. Another parent would be doing this better. Other parents don't feel this way. It really feels overwhelming because how we blame ourselves, right? Any feeling in our body, the way we actually feel it, is the combination of the feeling and how we relate to the feeling. It's not the feeling itself. And actually the way we relate to a feeling really dictates whether that feeling is manageable-ish or impossible. So let's take this overwhelming feeling. Parenting is a never-ending marathon, right? And everybody knows when you're a parent, as soon as you feel like you kind of are on top of your game, oh, now my kids stopped sleeping. Now my kids are fighting, right? I, I don't even like to say it. How are your kids doing? Even the days that I'm like, things feel pretty good. I'm like, don't say it. It just means tomorrow there's going to be some new challenge, right? Then our kids get older. Then there's social media. Then it, there's a million things. And you can look at that with the mindset of, oh, I'm never going to be on top of my game. Or you can look at that with the mindset of, this is the journey of parenting. You don't ever get to finish something the way you finish a project. It's a practice. It's like fitness, right? If I did push-ups for two months and felt pretty strong and then stopped doing push-ups, I don't think anyone would expect me to stay kind of as fit. They'd say, yeah, that's awesome you did two months. And if you want to stay that way, you're, you're going to have to keep doing a little bit every day. And that's how I look at parenting. It's a muscle that you never get perfect at and you can always work. So to bring that all together, number one, remind yourself, maybe this feeling is a sign of how parenting is. Like maybe that's data for me. Maybe I can honor that. And then check if you do have that layer of something's wrong with me or someone else does this better and just greet that. As soon as you greet it, it won't have kind of the same hold on you. Step two, remind yourself parenting as a journey is not the same thing as writing an essay. It's not the same thing even as finishing a single marathon. It is the never-ending triathlon, right? It's just ongoing. And sometimes you need a break. Sometimes you tell yourself, I'm ready to learn something new. And in this talk, 
when you find yourself thinking, I, uh, I, this is too much, trust it. Say, maybe this is too much right now. Maybe I've learned enough today. Maybe I'm doing enough. I could come back. I can watch it later and I can honor that and it doesn't mean anything is wrong with me. And that's really where I think this question comes from is it's so hard for ourselves to feel enough. We live in an information age. There's always more to read, always more to scroll, always more work to do. And with parenting, we have to remind ourselves, I'm doing enough. I am enough. And I can pick up something different when I'm ready. Beautiful. Well, Dr. Becky, thank you so much for starting off our journey with this chapter on just relating parenting to ourselves and our self-experience and self-relationships. Any last closing words before we move to our next chapter on parenting and our relationships with our kids? You know, the only thing that comes to mind is like if you're a parent who's watching this, like that that tells me everything I need to know about you. Like you're someone who's willing to listen to new ideas. You know, I always think learning so hard because learning something new sits right next to kind of the shame of feeling like you didn't do that thing that way in the past. And so it's so easy to shut down instead of be open and stay curious. And so if you're still watching that, you're you're doing the majority of the work. And so I think just take a moment and do something we don't do enough for ourselves. Take a deep breath. Maybe place your hand on your heart, tell yourself some kind words, and like just kind of give yourself that compassion. Alassians, I hope you take some time to let that sink in, and we will shortly see you in our next chapter as we dive deeper into talking about parenting and how we relate to and are with our children. Thank you.